Watson in the apocalypse! I gotta get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and sparkle, Neely, sparkle! I know what some of your big city no bra wearing hairy-legged women livers might say. Hello everyone and welcome to Maximum Film. It's episode 235 and I am so alive. Let's go ahead. It shows if you want anyway. And as always, I'm in the booth with my friends. So let me introduce you to them. First up, we have the Christmas Zaddy himself, the world's favorite critic, Alonzo <laughs> Duralde. What's good? That just sounds weirder every time you say it. Uh, I'll tell you. Well, if he, um, my, my, my friend Kyle Buchanan, who I'm hoping is going to be joining us on the program in the next few months for reasons that will be explained later, uh, has a great new book out. It is called Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, colon, The Wild and True Story of Mad Max Fury Road. And he basically, you know... To make us all feel guilty about not having accomplished enough during the pandemic, he wrote a whole ass book where he talks to everybody involved in the torturous, lengthy, difficult, and challenging uh, production of Mad Max Fury Road. Cool. And, um, you know, usually books like this are about movies that flopped. So, you know, you get a, a real nuts and bolts under the hood of like, why, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bonfire of the Vanities went off the rails, or what happened to Heaven's Gate? But this is about a good movie. But it was, but it's the, the the kind of production that's so insane and delayed, and out in the middle of the desert, and things go wrong, and reshoots that you would think this would be the story of a flop, but it's not. It's a story of a classic that just was insanely complicated. Anyway, really readable. It's an oral history, great interviews with everybody that you want to hear from. Um, and yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, check it out. Blood, sweat and Chrome. They had mm-hmm. excerpts of that available online, right? Like that whole thing of Charlize talking about. Yeah. That's getting- the- yeah, that's from uh-huh. that, right? Yeah, the the Charlize Tom Hardy friction on set has been sort of the go to headline, and there are there are excerpts floating around. But like that's such a tiny bit sure. of the story, and and just I mean, just the whole part about like how they built the guitar that shoots flames. You know, it's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that sounds super exciting, and it, it definitely has piques my interest as someone uh, who is currently just trying to think of the world that that persist in that on a much smaller budget. Uh, more on that later. Uh, as always, we have the queen of the Midwest. Uh, you know, she's the programmer extraordinaire. Uh, we all love her. You do too. Israel Clark. What's good? Um, what's good with me? You all know I have been carless since late November, December. It's been several months without wheels. And I finally purchased a new whip. And yes, my um, my friend Jen Wilson, professional lesbian, came with me to (laughs) like near Monrovia and I got an Ultima, my second one, because, yeah, I'm that person. I ordered the same thing every time. And if a car does me right, I'll get another one. But I'm very excited. I have a new car. I'm finally mobile again. Mazel tov. Um, Although I'm not going to lie. Being the lady who just Ubered places made me feel real fancy for a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just, uh, what time is my driver arriving? <laughs> sort of that essence, but yeah. That's not that's not even the Joan Didion Carlos in L.A. version, but, you know, <laughs> right? I, I'll allow it, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really psyched that you all let me get away with using the word whip. That yeah, was a yeah. thrill. Yeah. I was like, they're going to call my middle-aged ass out so fast, and you just politely nodded but is it a hoopty drea that's the question (laughs) (laughs) it will be once i get my rim lights on yeah you did it right (laughs) you 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 stuck the landing and so there was nothing to call out you know you you could have walked away but you did the thing where you looked you know i was practicing to my mirror a lot (laughs) so i'm really glad that i pulled that off yeah And, you know, we oftentimes have wonderful, illustrious guests. And guess what? Today's episode is no different. They are a journalist, co-host of Maximum Fund's own Fanti, and possibly they are the only person to really, uh, speaking of Mad Max, use practical effects to create the most banger Zoom yeah. background. It's Travel Anderson. How you doing? Woo-hoo. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. Yes, yes. That was beautiful. I gotta That's come back more often. <laughs> I love that. Yes. The most exciting thing for me is this TV show that everyone should be watching 
It's called Queens. It's on ABC. Ooh. It stars Brandy and Eve and somebody else and a couple <laughs> other more people too. Remy Ma pops in and out. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's listen. It's high camp, you know, variety, very empire tease. So like, Ooh. be warned. But it's very entertaining. Natori Naughton is another one of the leads. Oh, oh, oh it's, yeah. It's so okay. good. It's just so good. So. Everyone That's, should be watching that. If I could explain to you how younger me hearing that Brandy and Eve were in a <laughs> television program together, forget it. I love it so much. Oh, okay, yeah. that was a good one. Hey, iffy. iffy, what's good with you? Oh man, you you know you know what it is. Uh, yeah, like I kind of alluded to earlier, this week I finally announced I've been writing on the show Twisted Metal, led by none other than the Anthony Mackie. I am writing for Captain America right now, not for the show Captain America, but the no. person who is Captain America, <laughs> and it goes full circle and right back into a Ouroboros of wonderful what's goodness because I was in Louisiana this weekend for Mardi Gras. Uh, my family's out there. And it coincided with my birthday. And what uh, might not be known is that Anthony Mackie was a former uh, he was he was one of the like former crew of Bacchus uh, Kings. So he was actually on a float throwing uh throwing the the Bacchus beads nice. and uh and it was it, it and I love Mardi Gras it's such a fun time uh you know uh you titties aside uh you know it's like <laughs> you get to see like a whole city come together of all different walks of life just trying to get drunk together and like that is truly uh you know great it, it was it was true i ate good i made the wildest decision i ever had in my life because i it was a turn i landed saturday at five and just was off to the races obviously was puking sunday morning uh you know just truly went way too hard and it's not my fault because i do know how to pace myself but i brought molly uh with me and she your girlfriend not the controlled substance. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh both that's what i get for assuming no no uh yes yes my girlfriend molly she was with me and like i've warned her once i was like by the way my, I have a Southern family of drinkers, uh, so you got to just prepare yourself. And also just just say no. You don't have to say do not chase them. They will lead you down <laughs> into darkness. But she just felt guilty about holding the same cup. So I'm like finishing her drink with mine. So I had like two grenades, three hurricanes, Yikes. one shot. Yeah. Mm. I, so I was on the floor. Uh, but the wildest decision I made was my opening meal after a hangover buckle up <laughs> was remulade oysters uh just Iffy. uh yeah are you crazy well it looks so good i was like i gotta oh, find out and you I know i love an oyster but not uh no. chasing a hangover no, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no. yeah oh it, it was wild i knew it was wild but it looked so good because it had the sauce on it and i was like i gotta know and it was great and then i followed it up with catfish and uh you know the the seafood alligator tails mm. so uh i'm it, thrilled I, you made it back yeah, yeah, but we're back. We're feeling good, and uh, now I've rung in thirty-four as I should. We're in my shack year. I've lived longer than Jesus, uh, and I'm excited to host this podcast with the most beautiful people. I'm staring at on a Zoom. Oh, stop! Today's show it is a it is another celebration because Medea has come out of retirement, and this time she's on Netflix. And a little later, we're going to answer a hotline call. But first, it's time for Itadix, short for Is This Important? Do do I care where we go through the latest news in movies and answer the faded question? Is this important? Do I care? We're going to let Drea start this off because she got some good. All right. So this is a, maybe a little deeper, darker beginning, but it, it, it ends nicely and does get into some movie news. And that is Ukrainian prime minister, Volodymyr Zelensky. Many people are now discovering was in fact, the voice of Paddington Bear. He was elected in 2019, has a long history as an actor and a comedian. I highly recommend Googling his comedy troupe. He did an entire like single ladies video in like five inch heels. For that alone, he would have my vote <laughs> if I had the opportunity to do that for him. But um, above and beyond why we've all seen him in our news so much recently and all of the heartbreak and fear there is there, 
he does have a fascinating background, and I'm very excited that we get to talk about it just a little bit, especially since if you've listened to the show, you know Alonzo is basically best friends with Paddington Bear. So, is this important? Do you care? Oh, yes to both. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, as if I didn't already have enough support going for 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 this guy and for the nation of Ukraine and and their their valiant uh, uh, resistance to you know a a shitty political move. Uh, come on, he's Paddington for God's sake! If that doesn't skew the UN into his favor, I don't know what will. <laughs> This guy, he kind of strikes me as being like the anti-Trump in so many ways. Like we elected a TV blowhard who, you know, certain people thought was great because he was an a-hole on television and then behaved like one uh, uh, in government. And this is a guy who actually played a regular guy who becomes the prime minister of Ukraine on a sitcom and then actually gets the gig. And that's kind of amazing. And uh, I mean... I, look, if, if if the last couple of years have taught us anything is not to stand politicians, but yes. you know what? Uh, he's Paddington and he is the guy doing all the right things right now. And I hope that like the better part of the world is backing him and his country in everything that's happening right now. I'll add too, he did win Ukraine's Dancing with the Stars. Um, so <laughs> please, if you're looking him up, look up, like I said, the Single Ladies parody also look up his Dancing with the Stars. And then also, to keep it in full theme, watch him voicing Paddington. You may not know Ukrainian, but watching him do the like, <laughs> ooh, 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 like, uh, adorable for days. And then, you know. Go make a donation to International Rescue or UNICEF or the Red Cross Ukraine. Yes. Yeah. There you go. To Zelensky, to the Ukrainians. Yes, yes. Uh and uh, you know uh, we we we're gonna keep uh, this this wild train rolling by talking about the newest uh, entry in the Star Wars, and it ain't a movie or a series. It's this astronomically priced hotel. It's called Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, and it's a hotel. It's an immersive experience, and it's all dressed up like an intergalactic cruise ship. Journalists who were invited to scope out the Galactic Star Cruiser has been sharing their experiences. But few of them have been able to put aside the out of this world price tag, about five to six thousand dollars for a two night stay. And that's the basic package. Is this important? Do you care? Well, I. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we all made the same face. I wish that this podcast could convey that. But please know we all made the same face. On one hand, I am a huge fan of people loving things. I love love in all its form. I love fandoms in the sense of being really excited about a work of art or a creation of fiction and how it can inspire you and let your mind wander. But of course, because we do live in this specific version of our world, all of these things have such a monetary connection. And it's this tricky, like, oh, that sucks. There's so many people that we get so much out of this who are never going to be able to afford to go. And the people who can't afford to to go and we'll get way into it i'd be like i don't know if i want to be in a small locked in space with you you yeah. are too excited about this moment as much as uh, <laughs> i applaud your love for things well and I apparently like you know just because you're paying five grand doesn't mean you're not going to get like the windowless bunker as it's being called like some of these rooms yeah. literally have no <laughs> windows whatsoever no, they all are there's oh, only one them. yeah there's only one oh, because brother. you're supposed That's to part be of the a, lure alonzo yeah you're on a, sp- oh, a starship yeah. there's only one one place in the entire thing where you have access to like real outside and then they call that a simulation so that you can still keep it in your uh, head that you're on the spaceship look yeah. I, this is just the warm up for eventually I think Disney is just going to be putting out Star Wars themed assisted living facilities because like <laughs> geeks are going to get are going to turn 70 and they're going to they're just going to want to have like R2D2 bring them their medications twice a day and like you know a Wookiee carry them to the bathroom Bathroom. And and so they're just, this is the warm up. That's where this is all going. I like that if you had a Wookiee, that's what you'd have it do. That's fun. This is absurd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is just wild for a two night stay. And I think, like, I've discussed this with the most, you know, into Star Wars, like the, the, the people this is built for. And it always stops at, like, 
the price tag. Uh, so it's it's very interesting. We'll see who likes it, and I'm sure it'll drop. Yeah, I just don't see why it had to be so high. But you better get outfits. Uh, you know, yeah. the, I, oh, that's don't the least worry. I do. They do. They encourage you to dress in character. The whole no, time. I mean they should provide exactly. outfits at these prices. They do, but they charge you for. You, them. Yeah, that's, they, they that's do. extra, Alonzo. You don't just yeah. get that with the basic package. Oh, and 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 then you also have to like pay extra for like the private photo session with. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. three PO or whatever. It's it's all it's all just a it's a rook from stem to stern, these things always. It does have some fun like narrative threads. There's all these you get there and you you're constantly meant to be immersed in different stories. So you can be mm-hmm. tagged at any time to like, ooh, we need to go and dragged into a garbage whatever. compactor. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They have like sort of escape room things that you have to like work mm-hmm. through with the group of people, and that's how Oof. you're gonna rescue the like captain that you're sneaking in or the rebel whatever so there's there's a a sense of fun with that oh yeah they're gonna but, pay five thousand dollars to be in an see, escape that's, room that's, that's where i'm there <laughs> with it nice. because i i'm i'm not denying that this seems fun like this is definitely my shit as a like role-playing like rpg person but like when you think about the price tag to like this is something that seems like it has a pretty high level of like replayability because like if i go the mm. first time and i'm the trash guy who's given intel to the real heroes i'm gonna be like what the fuck did i just spend five thousand dollars for <laughs> if i pay five thousand dollars i need to be ray i need to yeah. be i'm Lando. the star of this show yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you got you there's there's no way like you you're definitely gonna have the person who's like yeah you're kind of the red shirt <laughs> Well, they've sort of said the structure of all of it is you're never in a leadership position. You know, you're following. Anyway, I've what if I just what what if I just want to sit in the cantina? You know, like, is that an option? Guess what? You can save almost uh, five or four thousand nine hundred (laughs) dollars and just go to the Star Wars land in. Yeah, in Anaheim. Oh, you give me six thousand, I'll build you your own canteen. (laughs) Look, you you give me six thousand, I will just keep about five thousand eight hundred, buy you a VR headset, and then you'll just get it. You know, look, if Star Wars is your thing, Star Wars is your thing. I I won't judge because certainly my thing is also kind of you know has its ridiculous moments, and that would be Christmas. And uh, we've already heard that Lindsay Lohan was doing a Netflix Christmas movie, but it turned Turns out, no, 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 they have made a two-picture deal with Ms. Lowen. She will star in two original movies uh, that, oh, like Lord. Amadea Homecoming, will be released directly onto Netflix. Uh, <laughs> this news comes on the heels of the announcement that she will appear as a spoiled hotel heiress hmm, in the holiday rom-com Falling for Christmas later this year, opposite Cord Overstreet, and it's only going to be available on Netflix. Is this important? Do you care? No. <laughs> what I think is important is that Alonzo is pronouncing it Lindsay Lowen which is how she said it last week. And everyone was like, girl, you've been in a star for two, two decades. No one said Lohan once. We've all said Lohan I have been time. I have been schooled by the lady. So that's how she wants it. Look, Truly, I'm, though. As, uh, for all the Alfonsos I've gotten in my life, you tell me how you want me to pronounce your name. I am pronouncing it that way. I am impressed. You took that note and you locked it in. Oh, yeah. Not on your watch. Uh. I mean, yeah. look, I I care, obviously, although my concern is like, is Netflix big enough to have new Christmas movies from Lindsay Lohan and Vanessa Hudgens? Because I need, a, you know, a fourth princess switch movie, frankly. Do you need a fourth? I, yeah, I'm not going to say Did we need no a third? We did. Uh, hey, the third one was a better uh, tango uh, heist movie than Red Notice was. Oh, wow. What what a take. Wow. <laughs> William Bibiani Ooh. was the first to pick up on that. And he was like, oh, my God, you're right. What a high bar to <laughs> sail over. <laughs> um, I, I'm into this. Lindsay, Lindsay Lowen, as you know, yes. I definitely call her. Um, oh, yeah. Soft spot for a troubled young actress, seemingly getting her stuff together and i I, I want her back uh back where she was i think she's incredibly talented there's i mean she's like still Mm -hmm. so young there are so many years of uh like weird fun roles to mine from her and yeah actually vanessa hudgens is a great sort of comp because they do have this similar like 
teenage child actor. Disney. Um, yeah, Disney, mm-hmm. all of that. If if Lindsay laid into like the pure camp of things and just was like, oh yeah, I I'm ridiculous. My story is ridiculous. Let me unleash me. I would be psyched for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna call it now. I'd say in about in in at least five years, we're gonna get a parent trap reboot of <laughs> of, of checking in on her and her twin as they've gotten older and what they're up to now. Look, she and Jamie Lee Curtis could do Freaky Friday again oh. at their current ages, <gasps> yes. and it would be great. Oh my god! Yep. Oh, I would watch that. I'm oh gonna go. Hold actually, on, I gotta that actually is that. a fun concept to me. That's a it's great like, concept. Yeah, like yeah, years yeah. later, it happens again. Oh my yeah. gosh! Well, uh, on those that amazing idea, me and Dre were gonna huddle and plan our meetings. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a break, but when we come back, you know we're gonna be talking about Medea. So stay right there. A lot of investment apps make it easy to start trading, but just because it's easy to do doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Wealthfront makes it easy to invest and easy to grow your savings with a diversified portfolio that balances your other riskier bets. You can start investing in no time with Wealthfront's classic portfolio or make it your own with things that you care about, like socially responsible funds and technology or hundreds of other investments. Wealthfront was designed by financial experts to help you turn your good ideas into great investments without the hassle of doing everything yourself. Wealthfront is trusted with over $28 billion in assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. To start building your wealth and get your first $5,000 managed for free, for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash MaxFilm. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash M-A-X-F-I-L-M to start building your wealth. Go to Wealthfront.com slash MaxFilm to get started today. Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm your host, Evie Wadiway. In the studio with me are... Drea Clark. Travel Anderson. Alonzo Duralde. And three years ago, one-man media empire Tyler Perry announced that he was retiring his Medea character. Then, planet Earth fell on some hard times, and Perry decided that the world could use a little laughter. So last Friday, a Medea Homecoming premiered on Netflix, and we've got Travel Anderson here to talk about the movie with us, but first... Alonzo, I got to give you the honor to tell us what a Medea homecoming is all about. Tyler Perry has threatened retirement of Medea more than I think uh, Hayao Miyazaki and Steven Soderbergh combined. Baby. <laughs> anyway, she, re- <laughs> she returns. Uh, so Medea has a great grandson who, as ever, we've never heard of before, but is now a key component of the story. Uh, he is a valedictorian at his unnamed HBCU. And so uh, the family is gathering at Medea's for the big, uh, for the big graduation celebration. He shows up with his male room mate in tow they have an announcement to make what oh what could it be um meanwhile the uh the 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 graduate's mom's ex-husband turns up with her best friend who helped her out in the divorce very shady um the roommate's aunt shows up from ireland and uh is sort of like the uh medea of the uk and um you know uh, Medianus ensues. Ooh. Um, I yes, I am so thrilled that Travel is here because the first the fact that you just said baby so wonderfully. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I have this with every Medea movie, but something about this one because there was like a, a slightly better production value, a slightly higher budget, so there were things I enjoyed in this more than some other ones, but. I am envious of Tyler Perry's ability to just like baby. Like there is a word usage that I just enjoy anyway. And you are the only human I know in real life that can do that. <laughs> so I'm going to take fit. that as a compliment. 
Oh, the most enormous of compliments. So you, oh, great. okay, you, you like know Medea, right? Like you, this is a oh. franchise you are familiar with. Listen, I've seen all of the movies. I've seen all of the plays that predated the movies that the first like ten movies were based on, right? And so, like, I know Tyler Perry like the back of my hand, um, and I do not take pride in that. But that just happens <laughs> to be my lived experience. Okay, so don't judge me but yes i'm very familiar with this whole world and and i'm glad i'm here to talk about it i've seen all the medea movies actually and and most of the tyler perry movies i've never i've never gone to a live stage uh like a a, you know a a play experience which i want to do but i have seen some of the plays on dvd uh i've always liked medea more than the medea movies Mm. and i think this is the best of the medea movies you the liar. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. But look, look for, for all the stuff that Drea just said in terms of like the production values are way better here than you. Like the camera moves occasionally. You know, a lot more than usually. Let's not forget some of these transitions too. We got some cool transitions. I, those, yeah, transitions those transitions were fun. were fun. I did honestly start to keep a tally because... It's it's crazy. If if anyone who's familiar with Tyler Perry is like an a movie mogul, he has his own studio and mm-hmm. he's famous for he'll shoot like an entire series in a week. Mm-hmm. Like they crank these things out and even this movie is shot multi-camera style. So like every single scene is okay, you guys are going to be standing here. These three cameras will be locked but they're going to shoot you from different angles. It does let them improv more. But to a lot, what Alonzo's saying is it's definitely lit better. Like it looks better. The, wor- the look, world go, is richer. Go, the go back to richer. Boo 2 yeah. and look at all the no. like people sitting around in circles talking to each other. Like, believe me, this is the, the yeah. filmmaking w- w- tons better. Plus the fact, I think Tyler Perry as, as a businessman really wanted those later Medea movies to be PG-13, to be you know, family friendly and was like worried that Medea was going to be like a bad role model so like you were seeing the gun go away and the weed go away and the the cursing go away and now on netflix he clearly does not give a shit he's not selling any tickets people Mm. are going to show up so we're getting this is like old-fashioned full-on uncensored medea and i was here for Mm. it but now travel can tell me why i'm wrong but that's just my take Mm. (laughs) you know what an interesting reflection um I'm honored to have heard that. Um, Ouch! Here, here's the no, 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 no shade, no shade, no shade. Here's the thing. I think that so one, first of all, this is not the best, you know, Tyler Perry movie, uh, Medea movie by by far. And part of that is because so one half of the jokes in the movie he's been saying for the last ten years. Okay. They recycled from the stage plays over and over, okay? And they recycled in every movie. Over and over. Even the movie with Janet Jackson. Using the same things, okay? That's <laughs> one. people still keep watching each one, Oh, well, here's you. the thing. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, Tyler Perry is hyper-serving his audience, okay? Right? And his audience has always been... Meemaw and Aunt Melly, you know, the head of the usher board, these black aunties and church mothers who get on buses, right? And they go to the movies after church every Sunday and they sell out Tyler Perry movies, you know, for the whole weekend, right? Like they are the ones who have put Tyler Perry where he's at. They always gonna go see Tyler Perry. That's why the movie was number one on Netflix this weekend. (laughs) They gonna watch Medea because... It just reproduces the same thought patterns and processes that they already have, right? (laughs) Um, And Tyler Perry ultimately has been doing, in my view, the exact same thing for the last 10 years, right? Literally the exact same thing. There's no no progress in storylines. There's no progress in writing styles. There's very little progress in production quality. 
Okay. Very little. I want to throw something out here real quick. The fact that a gay character comes out of the closet and is immediately embraced by the entire family, Medea included, to me felt like a real move forward because I still remember the AIDS jokes from Why Did I Get Married 2 and all the HIV shit that he pulls out in like For Colored Girls and Temptations Confession of a Marriage Counselor. Mm-hmm. I thought that to me felt a lot more progressive from him. I under I un, I understand and I don't disagree with you. However, the entire movie up to that point is all of this innuendo and joking that very comes it comes off as homophobic. Like it comes off as like, oh, we not gonna say that no. you think this is what's happening, but it's not really happening because that's you know, motherfucker. It just did not. It didn't give what it was supposed to give, in my opinion. And I also think that you know. I, one of the reflections that I've had about Medea is like Medea, my Tyler Perry thinks he's writing Medea in 2022 or 2021 when he filmed it. Like that's what he thinks he's doing. And I actually think he's writing Medea in like early 2000s still. Yeah, that's fair. And so even some of the types of discussions that he's trying to have with Uncle Joe being this like super radical Black Lives Matter, you know, activist caricature with the the niece who's a cop in the family and Medea is supposed to be kind of that person in the middle who's, you know, all over the place. He thinks he's doing something, but I don't I I'm not I'm not sure he's doing nothing. I know I've seen at least one other Medea movie. I couldn't tell you which one, but I know that I saw it because I went and saw it at the Grove as a drinking movie. And like (laughs) friends and I bought soda and poured like rum into it. And then like, took a drink every time we heard like the word Jesus or something. And then I almost died in that theater. So that's, I don't have the rich experience you do. What did stand out to me No, I've seen at least a couple movies because the other movies that I've seen, the Medea movies, have been this weird duality, like a narrative duality. One half was like Medea, funny, ribald, crass, like, oh, Mm -hmm. I don't wear a bra and I'm going to smack you sort of thing. And then the other was this like hyper morality drama about Mm -hmm. like cheating and Jesus. and, And I never felt like they fit. This one had more of a, like, soap opera, like, he's with who? And she did what with what? But it fit this, like, it felt more tonally consistent. And I felt Hmm. like, I do not think Tyler Perry is improving as a filmmaker, because I think that he shoots and frames everything like it's a stage show. And it's just like, but you're on a basketball court. But let's just lock you here. But writing wise, in terms of like bringing tones together or bringing those, those things felt more cohesive. He he punishes the adulterers less in this movie than he would have in one of the previous movies. (laughs) (laughs) They they would, they would have gotten into a fatal car accident or something just to learn their lesson. Oh my God. (laughs) Ify, are you like, where, where are you on this sort of? the the Medea yeah you've been kind of quiet over there <laughs> oh no I I see I was on the same train as Alonzo where I was like really surprised but I will say I don't have the uh, the Medea resume uh, like Travell <laughs> does you know I was catching them as a like I started from the plays and then come around and you're definitely right it is like the rehashing of the stuff, but that's kind of what I felt this was with the reunion. I'm like, they're just bringing back the hits, you know, Mr. Brown's coming doing dumb Mm. Mr. Brown stuff. He's lot lit on fire using, you know, definitely an in-house VFX team. Hey, this motherfucker is actually on fire. (laughs) He on fire. What the hell's wrong with you? I'm burning. Hold on, hold on, I'm coming. Uh, <laughs> I was like, there are no burns. He he's on fire, but he is still clothed well, very look, well. If Medea is like half Bugs Bunny and half Tasmanian Devil, this mm-hmm. is the kind of movie where you catch fire or blow up, and you just have some scorched pants, and that's it. You know? Yeah, that I will say for the intro, both the setup for this, I was so acutely aware of how conflicted I felt watching it because there were so many times I wanted to legitimately laugh. And then, and I will parallel this to last week, we talked about Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, Melvin Van Peebles' 
film that I said very acutely was not made for me. And I had a weirdly similar reaction in watching Medea Homecoming where I was like, (laughs) now I don't know if I'm allowed to laugh at this man coming in and asking why there are all these Negroes in his living room. Like, honestly, because I'm not the intended audience for this. And you do have these like, um, like a layers of, oh, at what level is it even a, not appropriate isn't the, do you guys see what i'm trying to say yeah, i like, think you're I, good I, you're you're doing the thing that uh that makes me mad which is like when i use nigga in a tweet no one wants to retweet it uh because they don't know if they could retweet it like i think i, I think there's I, he said negro i really want i, I don't feel I great know, about I, that either. I, feel, I, mean, yeah. I feel like i get to laugh <laughs> because this is this is black yeah. performers with a black writer and a black director it's, and yeah. like that this is this is what's being presented and it's presented as something that is funny, and so I, if it's funny, I think it's funny, you know. Yeah, yeah I think I think mm-hmm. it's safe. I, 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 you know, I appreciate uh, Drea's always attempt to be an ally and strong figure, and my pretend wife uh, for uh, ninety day fiance <laughs> stuff. Cosplay. But I do feel like they're speaking uh, like is is Travel nailed it where. Where they were saying how like the aunties and stuff that are watching is like, yeah, this is me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so so like that's why I'm like, it's totally fine to laugh because that's almost like you're getting a window into the aunties that sure. that really want to be Medea so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, auntie, relax. You ain't Medea. You ain't relax. Calm down, cut it. You don't have a gun in your purse. All right, y'all watch too much Medea. No, I say the the other case I would make though is in terms of this being his most sort of polished film is that there's a black and white flashback in this movie oh my god which is head and shoulders above anything he's ever tried to do visually in one of these movies you may not like it you might not think that the punchline is funny or that it whatever but i, I was like oh oh we're doing this like i don't Medea know as forrest gump i i, yeah. I, I grant you i am grading <laughs> on a curve here but I you graded seen... on a very steep curve but look again, <laughs> okay. again uh, boo too you know like go back and look at that movie and look at this in comparison and tell me that there's not a little bit more craft happening here no, no it's it's a lot better than boo both of I, them okay i really Together. wonder what travel thinks is the best medea movie though because now i i have to rethink my Ooh, whole life yeah. i think that the best medea movie is the first medea movie which is diary of a mad black woman the one he didn't direct you said it, not me. <laughs> Just throwing it out there, because my because my second favorite, the one that was my favorite until this one was was uh, Big Happy Family, mainly for Tiana Taylor. Oh, cute, cute. Mm-hmm. That is oh, that is a good one. That yeah. is a good one. Mm-hmm. For me, like the the more that Medea can just be like a, 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 a the id of Tyler Perry, like I, I suspect that there's a lot of things that Tyler Perry, you know, uh, entrepreneur, uh, mogul, you know, w- filmmaker would never say out loud. He gets to via Medea. Uh, so like when she gets to be when 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 like in this film where she when when she talks about she's concerned that the church might have burned down because it would have taken out the liquor store next door. So you more concerned about the liquor store than the church there's something wrong with that my dear there ain't nothing wrong with that Corey. here's what you don't understand jesus the lord god almighty uh-huh he can turn water into wine he yes did. he did i got to go to the liquor store to get mine won't somebody praise him oh, <laughs> you- like that's the kind of media <laughs> that i like where she is just like not yeah not not filtering i want you to know so alonzo mentioned in the um synopsis that these irish people showed up and oh, um, yeah. as someone who has watched Mrs. Brown's Boys. Oh, okay. I've um, never seen it. Yeah. So you, they, they knock on the door and you're immediately like, oh, that's another man dressed as an old woman. <laughs> but it's an old Irish white man. And they, they're they not just from, like, they're playing the same characters. Like, they're playing the Browns from Mrs. Brown's Boys. And in that, it's as you can imagine, a very broad comedy, but it also involves Mrs. Brown, like speaking directly to camera and like butzing around the kitchen while she's talking through like, well, if you did blah, blah, blah. So I, when they brought that in, I was like, this is the most meta thing I could ever imagine (laughs) because it's not only embracing another 
area and it's the republic of ireland so of course not actually part of the uk oh but like bringing in another like another nations i'm sure national treasure and (laughs) having the play but then it's another like that the tyler perry was like you know how i'm gonna befriend this other comedian that plays an old cranky woman and and then we can collaborate like that was so funny to me and i will say the I snorted so loudly because there's just this throwaway line where someone is about to propose to someone else. It's a, 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 a beautiful young black man. It's about to take a knee to propose. And then this Irish woman just yells, this is no time for Black Lives Matter. <laughs> that was, the, that was one of the best lines honestly, of the entire movie. That I was, was funny. Like, I felt so conf- no, not actually conflicted because <laughs> fair enough, but also conflicted of like, oh no, it's so terrible and good. It was not funny. It was conflicted. great. I want to ask you there. There was famously back in the I, I think I don't know if this is an expression that dates from like the mid twentieth century or before that, but this notion of is it good for the Jews? You know where they would talk about certain writers or artists or whatever, and and you know were those. Were those artists expected to reflect upon the community and, and did their creation say things to non-Jews about, you know, the Jewish community? How do y'all feel about Tyler Perry? Because I know there are corners of like the the black film industry that are like, ugh. But even like the late Melvin Van Peebles was like, hey, he's getting it done. He's he's making this stuff. He's making his money. Good for you. Like, do you do y'all feel like that that Tyler Perry it has to stand for anything besides Tyler Perry, basically? Go for it, Iffy. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a dumb question. Maybe we can cut this whole it's part. Not out. A no, dumb no, question. no, it's not. It's not a dumb question. I just, I, I, yeah, I just don't really. I have an answer. Then why yes. did you start? Because <laughs> I wanted to hear you first. Um, so here's the thing. I think that Tyler Perry has done a lot of great, a lot of good for for himself, for the community, for, you know, Black creators in Hollywood. We've all heard the stories about how it was Tyler Perry who paid Viola Davis what she was worth before anybody else, right? How it was Tyler Perry who put Janet Jackson in Four Colored Girls when nobody would touch her after Nipplegate, right? And so it was all of that's Tyler great. Perry who paid for Harry and Meghan to still have yeah. security when they left the royal family. <laughs> it's true. Yes, like that. Literally, yeah. literally. And so like his impact to the culture at large, to black people, to black creative, like that, not ever taking that away from him at all. However, the type of content that he makes because of the audience that he has, for me, as someone in my shoes, as a Black, queer, non-binary person of trans experience, who has Black aunties, Black, uh, you know, Black grandmamas, who love all things Tyler Perry. So if he's making this work that hyper-serves them, and so that means he doesn't feel like he has to have a responsibility in the ways that he traffics in homophobia, transphobia, other forms of white supremacy and respectability and whatnot, then my family, right, is watching these Tyler Perry stuff. They're laughing it up, and they're either seeing themselves as not being as bad as the trauma that's happening on screen, right? Or they're thinking like, oh, like that, that, that's how I should be. Right. Like that's that's reproducing the same hate and shame that I'm telling people like me that, you know, they have to to inhabit. Right. And so I say that long, complex thing to state that I think Tyler Perry is great for Tyler Perry and the people who love his work. I don't think Tyler Perry is great for folks who are often the butt of the the jokes and the, you know, other forms of violence and harms that some of his films um, um, carry and reproduce in our communities. And yet, because we have so many other more different types of Black content out there, he can do what he do, and there's other stuff for everybody else as well. I'm done. Which there hasn't always been. That's a great point. Right. Well, yeah, I, and I definitely want to um, say, too, is like, you know, all of those things that he done for the culture, 
is dope and cool, but those are all people who would have been fine. Like, you know, uh, like Viola <laughs> Davis is one of the best actresses in the whole goddamn world. She was going to make that money eventually. And to me, it just sounds like you got in early before you got her price today, because yesterday's price is not today's price. Amen and, you know, to that. And, and, and it's like these very big moments. And I think, you know, it's all good and great. But as we're seeing with things like the Animation Guild and 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 all the other kind of like not really, you know, in the spotlight parts of our industry that are just as important, uh, you know, it like to me that doesn't matter. Like, yeah, of course you're going to help out Viola Davis. One, she's amazing. You're lucky to have her in your film. And, you know, it looks good on you. Of course you'll help out, you know, Megan and Harry because, you know, they're probably some of the most famous people. But what are you doing for this person who's trying to break into the industry and trying to pay his rent and you're over here paying him nickels and, and dimes because you know you can't because you've created your own studio system where you don't have to abide by the union's rules and you're not hiring, you're writing everything yourself and you're patting yourself on the back as if you're writing, you know, <laughs> you know, Oscar Academy Emmy nominated stuff. And when in actuality, it's so you don't have to pay other writers. And, you know, like I said, I get it. And I think it's, you know, just like Travel said, like I could look at the good you do, but it overall, like to me, especially me and my career right now, I think the change that that really brings big change is the people who are putting other people on because at the at the grand scheme of things everything he does is to make him the focal point and him the creator like you are not finding like who who is a a a a a Tyler Perry alumni that we are watching and 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 seeing Protégé. their stuff right. you know we don't you don't have that meanwhile is, you know is there a ladder behind him exactly meanwhile you have like Issa Rae and you have like you know a you have all these people who are like who are doing work to put black people in the position to not need you anymore you have all right. these people who are like mm. oh I love working with you but without you they can't get work because they don't have a union card because you you know so I think I say all that to say like you know you you can do all the stuff that looks good on paper and get you the humanit humanitarian award at the Oscars but are you doing stuff that really are pushing us forward as a people in this you know dominated uh, white dominated industry and until you're doing that you're not really doing nothing in my opinion unfortunately but you know I say that with all due respect he did buy Bentleys for Oprah and Gail. <laughs> oh, how would they have gotten that without him how, with, without without tyler perry how could oprah ever own a bentley amazing oh wow okay well i think we just got to go ahead and uh <laughs> and do our vote now that was on that yes. note uh mm. yes uh so uh you know you actually <laughs> This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to have Drea and Alonzo, y'all go, and then I'll go. And we have to have the Medea expert give their rating. Of course. I think of that's course. how we're going to do it. So, uh, Drea Alonzo, who wants to kick it off? I'll, I'll go. Uh, I, I would say stream it. I mean, I really enjoyed it. And I think that it is, for, for me, by my scale, which is different from from Travel's and other folks, <laughs> for me, this is this is the best of the Medea movies. Uh, it is still a Tyler Perry movie in that, like, you can watch it on the small screen at home and you won't really miss that much. But I just compared to what he has, other stuff that he's done over the years, I feel like this this seems just a little bit there's there's this there's more filmmaking quality and it's funnier and it's it, it's smarter in certain ways about certain topics and uh do not miss the closing credits oh my god that's so true yeah 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 <laughs> yeah um i'm also a stream it i it did it's it's weirdly paced i felt like it took a minute to get going and i was like oh i'm gonna feel awkward and it's gonna be slow and then it started moving along and I started genuinely laughing. And um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I definitely, I want to shout out uh, Gabrielle Dennis from A Black Lady Sketch Show because I mm, love yes. her. She did not get to be funny in this and I find her hysterical. So like maybe not like fully used to the extent of her abilities, but I loved seeing her. And I'd also like to nod to the weirdly... Um, the wide range of body types in a Medea homecoming. And in fact, most of these for every very small ingenue, you get a big ass woman with a strong, healthy sexual appetite. 
and I do not hate that. Amen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's uh that, that's solid. Well, yeah, with me I'm gonna stream it as well. Like I I came in like tightened, tightened up, ready, just really snobbed out. I truly <laughs> tried to come in here with the with the with the Medea slander. And I have if I'm being truly honest, broke me. Broke your boy. I, I started cackling and hooting and hollering and all of that. And well, damn, you know, if, if you could, if you got that out of me when I was fighting you, then I got to give you your, 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 your daisies. I'm, I'm not going to give you the full flowers. I'm going to give you some daisies. <laughs> I picked out. Uh, I think it's just if you are a fan of Tyler Perry and Medea, you're, you're going to be in for a treat. If you are not and you are definitely, you know, uh, you know, in the Aaron Magruder camp of just dragging Medea through the mud, <laughs> you, you, it's going to be exactly what you expect and you're going to be mad about it. So. Take that. All right, Travel. Bring us yeah. home. The official word. You know, no, I'm I'm surprised, surprised I'm also a stream it. Because, because if you need an example of what not to do, <laughs> there you go. It's right there available for you on Netflix. You know? Um, and th- th- the best part of the entire movie is the credits. So just fast forward <laughs> to the credits, actually. And you, know, you will feel it will feel worth your time. I promise. It's you. It's that's something you'd think is a diss, but it's just kind of genuine in this uh, particular <laughs> instance. <laughs> like you think it's a diss, it's like no, no, uh, we're right. <laughs> I mean, and- they're more visually interesting. They're, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. I would have absolutely been happy to watch an entire. Are they? A and maybe secret? we will. Can we Who not knows? nod to what? The credits are uh, okay. Uh, well, we'll, we'll I, leave it. Leave it's it too, a tempting little surprise. Yeah, yeah, we usually spoil yeah. stuff, but that's if you haven't that's seen it fair. yet, go yeah, yeah. look at yeah. it. Yeah, it'll be your reward uh, <laughs> yes. for, for sitting through <laughs> yes. the movie. Because I will say, there was a moment before I fully started to get one over that I was like, one of the greatest video games of all time <laughs> has dropped, and I'm sitting here watching Medea instead of playing Elden Ring, uh, getting my ass kicked in by some weird skeleton knights. Uh, but you know. I love my pod, and I love my pod friends. Thank yeah, you for I your service. Started, yeah, yeah, I, that, I started a jigsaw puzzle midway through. Yeah, see, you're smart. You're smart. It did not need my full eyes. Yeah, <laughs> you, you got it. Oh, okay. Well, on that note, we'll be right back after we hear from another show from Maximum Fun. See you in a second. You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh, God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. Well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called Backdoor Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory and uh it's a nice break from reality <laughs> is that are we allowed to say that i don't know it sounds bad it comes with a 100 percent happiness guarantee it does not <laughs> come for the games and stay for the chaos Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm Yosef Iwadiwe. In the studio with me are Alonzo Duralde, Travel Anderson, Drea Clark. And we are tapping into the hotline today. Before we listen to today's calls, I want to shout out the person who sent our last hotline message, the one about the Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Listener Nathan heard the episode and reached out on Twitter to identify himself. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Nathan. Nathan. 
fun. All right. Well, get ready to celebrate someone else because here's today's call. Marissa, play that call. Hotline, hotline. Calling on the hotline for your love, for your love. Sang, Alonzo. <laughs> okay. My wife and I have been together for 20 years. And we love sci-fi. We love tons of sci-fi. But we kind of love everything. I want good, doesn't have to be lesbian, but gay movie to watch with my wife of 20 years. Actually, 21 in January. And we're in our 50s, but... You know, we watch everything. And uh, something that's going to make us feel warm and fuzzy about each other and life in general. I adore you guys. You are all the bomb. Um, I I can't tell you how you have helped me get through the last two years. So thank you. This is Brooke from Maryland signing off. Well, first of all, Mazel Tov. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we missed their anniversary. Happy anniversary, Brooke. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, shout out from the DMV. Yes. So, I mean, I know Alonzo, go ahead and kick this off. <laughs> I, was say, I know you've got Quinny <laughs> in the yeah, I'll tell you, no, it's funny because I, I was thinking about how, you know, I, I used to host these like queer film nights back in the early 90s when I first came out and, you know, get VHS cassettes from the local uh, video store that had a gay and lesbian section and they were all fucking bummers. So uh, I am glad that we now have a, a good, uh, healthy amount of, of warm and fuzzy movies. Uh, a, a movie I love from the 90s, a film called uh, Beautiful Thing. Uh, which is a British uh, movie about two teenage boys who fall in love with each other. And they have uh, they, a, a, a neighbor gal who is obsessed with the work of Mama Cass. Um, and it's just a, a sweet and lovely movie. Um, I really like Go Fish a lot. That's a movie that I oh, was, yeah. you know, kind of takes me back. And I think is really uh, charming and funny. Big Eden is a really sweet uh, same sex romance. Um, I don't know if, if, uh, a, a lesbian couple in their fifties would find the kids are all right, warm and fuzzy, or like pandering, uh, jarringly, jarringly familiar. <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean, I'm, true, I don't true. know pandering is there, but it might just be might might not be escapist enough for you. Is what I'm saying. I was gonna say what came to mind to me. This is not a sci-fi, but you know, by Brooke saying that they watch sci-fi, and then, and I, then I get that you have like the capacity for sci-fi can be all encompassing when it comes to. Um, emotional narrative threads or fantasy, you know, sort of. Uh, may I please just put The Handmaiden on your radar if Ooh. it is not already? Um, uh. It is a film from the mid to thousand teens. Do we have a name for that? The the the, the teens, yeah. Just the teens. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it's by Park Chan Wook, and it is based on. Um, Fingersmith by Sarah Waters and I would also recommend there's a really nice Fingersmith adaptation if you're like oh I, I like this story and I'd like to see it both um, in Korean and a British version and it's very sexy it has a lot of like oh, like mystery and plot twists and oh my but it, it ends in that satisfying way that you're talking about of like oh when we get through the end of this are we going to feel good and I do believe you will yes mm. it's beautiful mm. as well do y'all want to know what came to mind for me yeah, yes do tell. desperately okay so it's it does not hit any of the criteria FYI good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> good. So, but the movie that came to mind as I was listening to Brooke was Stepmom what Wait, I know, okay. Right? Wait, with Julia Roberts? Yes. <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of a bummer, it's but, it's, but it's but it's Is cozy. It? I, I, I warm and fuzzy. Girl, she dies. And what, the whole she, thing is about this woman spoilers, dying Susan Sarandon of dies cancer. of cancer at the end. But it's like warm and fuzzy because they all are a happy family. All the people <laughs> left behind. Yes, granted. I just I that might a be a, big a, a lot for people, you know. It's like Marley and me is warm and fuzzy, and then the dog dies. Reticent to maybe uh, yes. recommend that in this uh, thing, but no, you're right. It is. It is a. It's very cozy, and the houses are nice. And at the end, everybody works their shit out, and you know, Susan Sarandon like makes quilts for her kids, and it's you know warm and, and fuzzy. Not a, not a dry eye in the house. Warm mm. and fuzzy, just like a 
quilt your dying mother makes you. Yes. Amazing. Oh, Iffy, can you top that? Uh, well, yeah, no, none of mine's uh, have, have people die in it. I mean, the, the... mine also has death, to be fair to true. The two that immediately popped are ones that, like, I feel are basic because obviously, you know, book smart, I was going to go. Ooh, and that's yes, a, good one. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I I don't think I've seen it soon enough to know if it's a bummer or not, but I remember really liking But I'm a Cheerleader. Um, oh, it's not a bummer. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks for the quick correct. So definitely give that one. <laughs> I love that Yeah, and it was, it was so funny. My, uh, my, my sisters, two of my sisters loved watching the movie and I would watch it with them growing up. And, uh, and I remember I'd be like, are they trying to tell me something? But the, (laughs) but the one who was most excited, uh, to, to watch it wasn't the one who turned out to be a lesbian. (laughs) Uh, so, so I was like, all right. You just never know. I know. I, she accidentally guided my other sister and my other sister was like, bet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Angela Robinson's Debs is a I was just going to say that. Oh yeah. Debs is so good. It does have a slight, not like sci-fi, but like that fantasy. Lesbian super spies in Catholic school girl uniforms. it's not mm-hmm. the like mm-hmm. with Jordana Brewster from the Fast and Furious franchise. Truly, it's mm. so fun and weird and its own thing. Actually, you know what? I you could put um, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Oh, good Speaking one. Speaking of yeah. Angela Great Robinson, one. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Watermelon Woman, maybe. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, why not? There's a little That's romance just, in there. There is yeah. with 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 uh, Guinevere Turner <laughs> turning up. Uh, yeah, no, that's definitely got some some steamy moments. And if you're a fan of like old movies and sort of Hollywood history, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know they they play with that a lot in that film. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, you know, uh, just to shout out, you know, w- one of my friends. It's a short, but if you can get your hands on it, uh, Brittany Nichols had a short called "Suicide Kale." Uh, oh yeah, was a, yeah, yeah. So, which is also which became a feature. Oh, did it? I'm a yeah. bad friend. Uh, you are, you're terrible. Yeah, <laughs> suicide, I was going to mention suicide, suicide Kale and Women Who Kill are both uh, entertaining uh, lesbian indies. And then if you're if if, uh, if, if you don't mind a, a, an unseasonal Christmas movie, I would say uh, Single All the Way on Netflix or Happiest Season on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we did it, y'all. I feel good about our work today. <laughs> I, I like to think so. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for that amazing question, uh, you know, and uh, hopefully we stacked you up with something good. <laughs> but now it's time for staff picks. It could be any movie at all. So, Drea, why don't you start? All right. So my film is a really small, low budget. No, it's West Side Story. And <laughs> I don't even need to say too much because uh, play your cards right. We might talk more about it in detail on this very podcast. Oh, yeah, just your way. But it is now currently available on Disney Plus and HBO Max. Both. Yeah. All right. So there. You need to either have or be friends with someone with the password <laughs> to Disney Plus or HBO Max. Get your eyeballs on it. It's really incredible. And Steven Spielberg is that kind of director that is very easy to be like, he must be overrated. He's not overrated. He's <laughs> very, very talented. That's me. Uh, so, yeah, actually, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that one and say also available this week on streaming is the uh, Best Picture nominee, Drive My Car, from Rusuke Hamaguchi. And uh, play your cards right. We might talk about that on an upcoming episode. But <laughs> oh, yeah. it is it Synergy. Is, it is streaming on HBO Max, and if you are like me and have not necessarily wanted to set foot in a movie theater and are thinking like, oh my God, Oscar season, I'm missing everything. Well, here's two big, big nominees, West Side Story and uh, and Drive My Car, and you can now watch them from home, and you should. Oh, and what about you, Travel? You got something cooking for us? You know, I am going to go with a classic, okay? Yes. A Disney Channel original movie, all right? Um, the one and only the Cheetah Girls. Okay, no. it's a classic, you know, old school Raven Simone. Okay, the three LW girls. Okay, <laughs> you know, and then Lynn Whitfield as Dorothea oh. Garibaldi. You know, 
come on. It, it's Sold. all the things that you need. It's great vocals, great fashions, great dance scenes, just wonderful, wondrousness all around. And if you would like to delve into the two sequels, you can do that too. Also available on Disney+. Plus. I do want to <laughs> remind everyone, Travel questioned the wisdom of a third princess switch. Um, <laughs> and yet here we are. <laughs> Here we are. The Cheetah Girls sequels. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you have a staff pick? Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) On a a day that we talk of of, of black classics, I'm going to suggest a black classic. And oh, man, oh, man, I I was going to pick one, went the other way for the other. Uh, because there's so many to pick from, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Friday. I recently rewatched it, and you know, a lot of movies in the '90s you can rewatch, and it's it can be tough. Friday, not not too bad, not too <laughs> bad. I was like, all right, y'all y'all okay? Because <laughs> because I'll go back and see some movie. I mean, you you remember last time we did this? Yes. <laughs> you know, so uh, so yeah, definitely see that if you are you know uh, someone who is hasn't indulged in a lot of the black. Because the reason I watched Friday is I found out Molly didn't hasn't seen Friday, and I was like, "What? Oh no, you gotta what?" And, and my favorite part is her go, going, "Oh, that's where by Felicia is from." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Culture, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a yeah. <laughs> So uh, so definitely check that out so you too can stare at the screen and say the same thing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you want to sure plug about. before we get out of here? Well, thank you all so much for having me. As you said earlier, I'm from your wonderful Sistrin podcast, Fanti, here on the Maximum Fun Network. We drop every Thursday fresh new episodes. Our episode this week is about Steve Harvey, the man, the myth, the mustache. We get into it all. So check us out. It's so good. You really should. I didn't and, get any money to say that. I just and Travel, congr- congratulations on your book announcement. We're very excited. Ooh, about oh yeah. yes, we're also writing a book. Well, yeah, it's a lot going on over here in these streets, uh, <laughs> pulling my hair out. But thank you. Yeah, no, uh, truly, big congrats and thank you. And uh, I hope you're talking about some of these Steve Harvey thirst traps uh, that that has listen, been released. Listen. <laughs> Because uh, I, yeah, I love the, the sign on his dressing room door. That's the, yeah. you're gonna, are you gonna give us just one more baby? Is it, we all must just get that baby, mm. honey, 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 honey. Oh, also, Drea and Alonzo, thank you for another wonderful show, and oh. you. You wonderful listener, if you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet at us at Maximum underscore film. Our Facebook group can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Maximum Film or send us an email at Maximum Film at Maximum Our producer is the wonderful Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producer is, of course, Laura Swisher. You, you know you miss her. This is a production of Maximum Fun. And, you know, enjoy your movies, y'all. I'll see you next time. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported